You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode 82. So I wanted to pop in and let you know quickly that as I speak this, the doors for the Influencer Academy are expiring in less than 24 hours. And I want to be completely transparent with you because while this is your chance to figure out what it would look like if your business were easy, you know, like if it were even creative and fun to really build the foundation and lay the groundwork for what needs to be your laser focused purpose this moment, clarifying your goals so you don't waste time doing things that don't align. Quit shifting your goals from, well, that month must have not been the right timing to the next month. Even you, that starry-eyed dreamer, are starting to doubt if you've really got the vision and clarity to make this thing work. To really zero in on what will actually move your business forward so you can grow and scale things. I get it. It's still a really big decision. But why do we close the doors on something like this if it's so great, you may be thinking? Because once you enroll in the Influencer Academy, my team and I kick it into high gear. We focus on serving you and your fellow classmates. We focus on pouring into your brand as you take it from side hustle, hustle, 24-7 hustle, whatever that hustle is for you, into a profitable, full-time, long-term business. So the question is, of course, do you want me and my team to lend a hand to your brand? I'd love nothing more than to help you take your influence to the next level. And if you're ready to make it happen, now's the time to take the first step. It's okay to have a million questions. It's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to have doubts. In fact, the Influencer Academy is a safe place for you to bring your questions, your doubts, and your fears. That's exactly what we'll be working through in module one together which will actually come into your inbox shortly once you enroll. Head on over to theinfluenceracademy.org to sign up today. The clock is ticking, and I want you to be there. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Again, that's theinfluenceracademy.org. I am so, so, so excited for you all to hear from today's guest because she has a truly unique perspective on influence. Plus, she's been a part of this influencer space since before it even really existed. You could say she knows some stuff about what it takes to evolve and sustain your online influence. Most of you probably know Lil Bosworth from MTV's hit show, The Hills. But if you're not tuned in to what she's up to these days, then you are in for a treat, my friends. Through her company, Love Wellness, Lo is empowering women to take back control and have honest conversations around their health. And she's doing it all while making natural, safe personal care products easily accessible online. Not to mention, totally beautiful and on brand. On today's episode, she's sharing her personal journey as an influencer and how it led her to start Love Wellness. We also talk about the importance of creating your own products and services, which, as you know, is something I am a huge advocate of. And of course, so much more. Let's dive in and hear from Lo. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is B. Greyer1481. And she says, thank you for bringing quality content, realness, and authenticity to this podcast world. You have inspired so much in me and my brand new business. I love listening to your podcast every day. Thank you for coming and showing up. That is the most important key here. Thank you so much for your feedback. I'm so glad to hear that you are inspired and you're able to take away some of the things that you listen to each week and apply it to your brand and business. That is the entire purpose and meeting behind this podcast, and I'm glad that it is connecting with you. 
Now, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to head over to iTunes, leave a subscription, leave a review, let us know what's going on so we can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. And also make sure to screenshot today's episode. Tag me at Joel Solomon and our amazing guest at Low Bossworth and hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let us know that you're joining in today, what your favorite takeaway about today's episode is going to be, as you know that we love to share those screenshots on our stories too. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, Lo. It's so amazing to have you here today. Oh, hi, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I am too. So, I mean, obviously a lot of my listeners know exactly who you are already, but in case someone has been living under a rock for the last decade plus, uh, would you mind diving into who you are and what you do and where we can find you now in, in your life and in your world? Yeah, absolutely. God, you said decade plus. I know. <laughs> I just thought, oh my gosh. I'm getting a little older. Um, so I'm Lo Bosworth. I am the founder and chief executive of Love Wellness, which is a women's wellness company that provides women with natural, safe, doctor-recommended products. And we also nurture a more open and honest uh, self-care culture um, in the women's health category. And you may also know me from my podcast, which is called Lady Lovin, which I co-host with my friends, Julie and Greta. And you most likely know me from my time on reality television. <laughs> yes, the amazing hills, which brought you to where you are today. And that's I'm so excited to dive into this because I really do feel like that you were an influencer before influencers even existed you know, and you, and kind of just, just the time that you were in, not only from the show, but really just the culture and everything that just came from that. In so many ways, you were part of a huge movement that paved the way for so many bloggers and influencers of today. And so I'm really excited just to get your perspective on this industry as a whole, but then also how you've been able to evolve and grow and navigate it and really sustain long-term growth um, in this digital space. So first with Love Wellness, where did this come about? Um, I'm sure wellness has been a part of your own personal journey for a long time, but, but why wellness and why was it important for you to put it on a digital platform? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2015, um, and even a little bit before that, I was not very well. Um, I had some anxiety and depression come on kind of overnight, and I've always been a really healthy person with not a lot of health issues. Um, and all of a sudden, I was I was just not doing very well. And um, I really became my own healthcare advocate. Uh, I took sort of solving my problem um, into my own hands. I saw so many different doctors homeopaths, therapists, acupuncturists, nutritionists, people that kind of, you know, across the gamut that can, that can help you be well. And I was trying to figure out for myself, 
you know, is there something causing this or is this just who I am? And as an adult, is this something that I am going to have to manage in my life forever? And it took me about a year and a half to really get to the root of the issue. And I discovered after, you know, like so many different tests that came back that I was totally healthy and otherwise um, I finally discovered from a great um, healthcare practitioner that I had really devastatingly low vitamin uh, vitamin levels. So I was having some really bad vitamin deficiencies, and um, it turned out it's because I have a few um, genetic not disorders, but you know you can you can get your genetic data now from a test like 23andMe, and so you can look at your genetic makeup, and it turns out that I have um, some gene modifications that make it really difficult for my body to process certain vitamins from food or otherwise. And so I sort of reached this tipping point where one day I was okay. And then all of a sudden I was not okay. And it took me a really long time, like I said, to kind of figure out the solution. But in that journey, I learned so much about health and wellness. And I also, you know, had experienced problems that lots of women experience, you know, getting yeast infections, you know, all types of things. I was a regular at my OBGYN. And traditional pharmaceuticals and things like that would work for me like temporarily, but I felt like there was a huge lack of products that were natural that worked well available at the drugstore. And my doctors just kept prescribing me the same thing over and over again without like a really clear solution. And it wasn't until I started seeing some specialists um, that I kind of figured out a good um, sort of solution for me across a couple of different product categories that made my health kind of the best that it had ever been when it came to feminine health and wellness. And I did so much, um, exploring in these categories and really learned that there are so many environmental factors that can cause women these days to have, you know, a huge number of issues. And I think that people are not really aware of that. And so I launched Love Wellness in 2016, really because of my own healthcare journey. Um, and I just wanted to address issues that I felt like were not being covered with particular types of products and also help to create a conversation that women were not having more than anything. Um, you know, I think as women, we have really been taught that you know, we're supposed to be embarrassed by our bodies that, you know, they are ugly and smell bad and taste weird. And as a company, our mission is to help empower women to take their health back um, and to take the messaging back. And so that's really what we're doing with Love Wellness. I love it. And I love how just honest and real that not only you are with, you know, this conversation piece and how important it is, but just really how honest the website is. I mean, even when you go to the front page, it's like shop vaginal health. And it's like, that's just part of a woman's life, you know, and it shouldn't be something that we hide away or shy away from. It's, it's part of, of, of our, of our womanhood and taking care of ourselves. And, um, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think I, I, I sort of, um, try to have the conversation with women sometimes that might, feel, you know, embarrassed to have these conversations. And, um, I ask them a question that might make them feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think it really causes a, a lot of them to, to think quite a bit. And I ask them like, wh- what is it about having an, uh, having a vagina that makes you feel so embarrassed? And it's not to, um, try to, you know, push them into a corner or anything, but, you know, 
what happens is you really start to think about, um, you know, sort of, I don't want to go too far down, you know, like the patriarchy route and sort of, you know, the way that men have crafted messaging about women's bodies, but it definitely um, is a thought starter or a conversation starter for a lot of women that allows them to start to feel more comfortable um, in talking about um, this type of health and wellness, which is just um, something that is, is natural and normal and that we want to embrace as women. And how important was it for you to, because you've obviously done your research and your homework and you've, you know, you have, you have done the work there. How important once you kind of collected the data and you heard the stories and you really saw the information for yourself, how important was it for you to say, okay, I needed to actually create, create something in this marketplace that is not there. I need to really get behind the products that I would want to put in my body so women can feel confident and comfortable with putting safe and sustainable and healthy products in their body? Um, yeah, you know, it, it really comes back to sort of one very uh, clarifying experience for me. And I think for a lot of women, you need a product, whether it's um, tampons or something to relieve a yeast infection. And you go to your local drugstore, right? And you walk in and you sort of quietly and hurriedly walk over to the feminine care aisle. And being in that aisle is embarrassing. Picking up a product and holding it in your hand and walking to the checkout is embarrassing. The entire experience is totally demoralizing. And why do we feel that way? And it's because we've been conditioned to feel that way. And so we are really trying to change that experience of, okay, I'm a woman and I need a product like this from time to time. And I should feel good about going and purchasing something like this, whether it's at the store, whether it's online. And the um, the uh, conversation that we have around these products um, needs to support that positive feeling. Um, and so, you know, when I was working with different, different medical experts, you know, to, to personally enhance my health, it also really influenced um, our first uh, collection, which was the Vaginal Health Collection, which we launched with in 2016. And we had a big relaunch this past August, just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, where we debuted a whole new line of ingestibles that covered different aspects of women's health. Um, and so that's kind of it. You know, we, we want to really uh, improve upon that experience of uh, needing a product and wanting it to be a positive one. Yeah. I mean, not only is it beautiful, so it's not going to make you feel shameful or guilty if you're like wanting to purchase it and even like taking the do it all wipes and putting them in your bag. It's not, you totally. know, you're not going to feel weird about doing that. Um, so mm -hmm. the, the packaging is beautiful and it's so clean and it's so, um, just attainable, but also too, what I love about this is that you really took the initiative to create something that you, you knew was needed in the marketplace because of your own journey. Um, with that said, what have been some of your favorite products that you have been able to curate and develop and, you know, share with the greater community of women around you? Sure. Oh my gosh. So many of them, <laughs> because truly so many of them come from a, a personal desire or experience of wanting a product like this and just not being able to find anything that was made from natural ingredients that was doctor recommended that was really just above board. You know what I mean? So the product that we developed first, um, and we didn't really even develop it. It's a product that has always been available with a prescription, but we were one of the first companies to make it available over the counter. So that product is called The Killer, and I gave it 
a funny name just because it's for relieving yeast infections and BV. And, you know, part of changing the experience is changing the conversation. So like, why not inject some humor into a conversation that a lot of women feel embarrassed to have? Like no woman wants to run around town and be like, I have a yeast infection. <laughs> um, and so, you know, by trying to make it a little bit humorous, it just opens the door just enough, you know what I mean, to kind of make women feel more comfortable to kind of talk about the product, have it on hand. So this product is really interesting. It's made from pharmaceutical grade boric acid, and it's in a gelatin capsule instead of having to go to the store and get like a monostat, which is like goopy and gross and full of uh, chemicals that may cause cancer. Um, boric acid, you know, is made from boron, which is a mineral that's found in seawater. And um, like I said, OBGYNs have been prescribing this for a really long time to relieve yeast infections and BV. And um, it was something that just could be made as an over-the-counter product. And so we decided to do that because if you got that prescription from your doctor, you would have to take it to a compounding pharmacy, which is not a traditional like CVS where you just go in and they fill your prescription. Um, they're much more boutique. And it means that the pharmacist has to actually go and make that suppository him or herself for your use. And so it takes a really long time to get it and it can be really pricey. And so we really removed those barriers to entry for this particular product. And and we have hundreds of five-star reviews because this product brings relief to women so quickly. And we have really found that for women that suffer from these infections chronically, that this is one of the only things that actually works to kind of stop these infections like dead in their tracks. So this is a product that is one of our best-selling products from day one. And it's just so cool to be able to bring this to market. And we have gotten so many emails from women saying, this has changed my life. I can't believe how well it works. Thank you so much for making it available. And just like getting a message like that alone, even if it's one message is like good enough for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can check that box off. Um, and it was a product that I used in my own life that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so I thought like, this is something that we have to bring to market. So that product is really popular. And then our good girl probiotics are also really popular. I take them every day. Um, with when it comes to women's health, it's really all about your vaginal microbiome. And there are all these good uh, bacteria strains that um, basically keep you healthy. And so if you have a low number of bacteria in that part of your body, you are more susceptible to infection and irritation because it means that your pH probably isn't acidic, which is normal for the vaginal environment. And an acidic pH helps to protect you against these viruses and bacterias that can make you sick. And so, like I said, if your bacteria levels aren't where they need to be, you are more susceptible to infections and things like this. And so our Good Girl Probiotic is formulated with 12 strains of bacteria that occur organically in uh, the vaginal microbiome. And so there's a direct correlation between your gut health and your vaginal health or your gut health and really any part of your body because the gut is the home of the immune system. Um, and so increasing those good levels of bacteria there have a direct effect on your overall health and wellness. Mm. Um, then there's tons of ingestibles. I love the mood pills and Bye Bye Bloat. Those are two of our new launches. And we made our new ingestibles as natural and as organic as we possibly could. Um, it's interesting when we were doing the formulation on these new ones, um, I was talking to our manufacturer and I said, like, can you, can you please give us like a 100% natural capsule? 
And we can't do it because the FDA has not yet approved a 100% natural capsule. So when that happens, we will absolutely make the switch. But, you know, legally, because of regulations, we can't do it yet. So if you are like a consumer of like vitamins or supplements and you see any messaging on the packaging that says like the product is 100% natural, like that's essentially a farce. So there's so many things about the supplement industry and how it's regulated um, that's really fascinating to me. And I think to a lot of um, consumers, people who take these kinds of products um, and what was really important to me, you know, formulating kind of all the products, but especially these new ingestibles um, is to make them like as absolutely healthy and as natural as possible. So we sourced or organic everywhere that we could. And um, I don't think that we have one chemical formulation in, in any of the new vitamins. So that to me is like a, a huge step forward in terms of progress being able to offer women products that are, you know, truly natural and safe. I love that. And I love, um, again, just how, how knowledgeable you are in this. And I, I love what you mentioned with the microbiome and the gut, because, um, that was something that even took me a really long time to fully understand. Mm-hmm. I, um, I had strep throat a lot as a child. So I was constantly been, uh, I was constantly on penicillin. I ate a yeah. lot of sugar as a child, which of course yeast filled up. And so for years, I never really understood, you know, why I was getting yeast infections or why, why all of this stuff was continuously happening. Yeah. And the more that I read about the gut, the more that I kind of really realized how important it was to make sure that the microbiome is is as healthy as it can be and that it really does start from the gut. Did you have your own um, experience of, I mean, obviously your own journey, but have you noticed that now that you've spoken out and you've been sharing more of this, and of course you have an incredible company um, that shares all of this, but just how probably normal and common this actually is for women? Oh my God. Pretty much every woman in my life has pulled me aside at this point and been like, I have, I deal with this stuff all the time. I deal with this all this stuff, all with this stuff all the time. I literally have one friend out of a lot of friends who have been like, I've never had a yeast infection. Like what one. is this all about? Right. I'm like, seriously, how is that even possible? Um, and I think, you know, really, I've even read some really interesting articles lately about how yeast infections or thrush is becoming really like a huge problem for women worldwide. And I think it's because of the day and age that we live in, to be honest with you. Um, and it, it does come back to your gut health. Just like you said, we're taking more antibiotics than ever. We are eating processed foods. We're putting chemicals all over our body and in our body. And all of that destroys your microbiome in your gut. And it leads to these chronic health issues. And so I think that there has been a lot of science that kind of speaks to that in the past few years. And obviously probiotics, everybody takes a probiotic now, um, which is obviously great for people's health um, or the science says so. Um, And so it's, I, I'm very relieved that we are kind of getting to this point where we realize that what you put in your body is really important. And um, it's interesting. I had, um, I had, what is it? I had strep throat like a month ago when we did the relaunch of the brand. Funny enough, um, I was so stressed out and I had probably 10 desk side press appointments a day for four days in a row. And in the middle of this press, these press days and this relaunch, I got really bad strep throat. And, you know, I had to take an antibiotic to make it go away. And I will tell you for weeks afterwards, I was, I I got a yeast infection because that's just how my body works. And I like had to take so many probiotics and it just, you know, just the stuff that we encounter on a day-to-day basis can really 
uh, degrade our health. And I think that's the point. And once you are more aware of these things, you can make, um, you know, better decisions. Like for me, like I had strep throat, I was working, I had to take that antibiotic, but I knew that it was going to have an effect on my body. Mm, yeah. Cause it's just how your, your body reacts to those things. And you know, it, yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're sensitive in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for diving into the nitty gritty as, as, as quickly as you could in, 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 you know, a short time of a podcast. I know that we could talk totally. probably days about this, but I think that it's just so important for the women who listen to this to really understand that you're not ever going to be able to, you know, whatever your goals or your passions are, if you don't feel good, if you're constantly having to stop throughout your day because your stomach hurts or because you have IBS or because you have an infection or whatever it may be, you're never going to achieve your goals and your dreams. So it is so important to remember that your health first and foremost and doing whatever you can do to be as healthy as possible should be your number one priority of each and every day. So thank you for reminding of reminding us of that, but then also making making good, sustainable, healthy, as organic as possible products and supplements that we can use as women so easily accessible to us with your company. So I so appreciate that. And I would love to know that how did how did kind of the beginning stages of your career, because you did start your career when you were in high school, essentially, um, (laughs) you know, on, on reality TV, um, you know, you were thrusted into this world of influence before it kind of even really had a name to it and really existed. But how did that journey of what you've learned throughout your time as being an influencer really prepare you to be a business owner in today's time and really get you to a place that you could create a thriving, sustainable business that was rooted in purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think that my personal journey in like a really tangible way in terms of like, you know, the type of job I was doing, et cetera, is atypical, but I think the uh, emotional and spiritual journey is really typical. And what I mean by that is that I was on TV and obviously most people don't have an experience like that, but I um, was challenged in the same way that most teenagers and people who are in their 20s are in terms of okay, I'm doing this right now, but is it really for me? Is it really who I am? And do I want to do this forever, right? So I faced those same exact questions that I think every person (laughs) faces. Um, So I was cast on Laguna Beach out of high school when I was a junior in high school. So I think I was 15 or 16 when they came into Laguna and just kind of plucked us out of school and said, hey guys, you want to do this? And honest to God, we thought that it was going to be like an hour long episode of true life where they came into our school and it was, uh, you know, like true life. I'm from Orange County. Cause at the time the show, the OC was on, uh, the CW with Misha Barton and it was insanely popular. And so that's why they did Laguna beach. Um, that was really like the origin of it, but you know, it was the first time that any kind of reality programming had been shot and then edited in the way that it had been. You know, it was it was shot beautifully. It looked like, you know, a, a film or it looked like a um, scripted television show. And so just the look and feel of it was so different that it really catapulted it into like the stratosphere. And, you know, it's part of the pop culture zeitgeist at this point. And from there, The Hills was a spinoff and it became even more popular. 
And at that time I was in college, I was at UCLA and, uh, you know, they asked me to do the show again. And it was also around that time where my parents were telling me that I needed to get a job. (laughs) I was in college, but they were like, you need to get a job. You need to get like a part-time job. And they asked me to, to participate on the show and they were willing to pay me a little bit of money. And so, you know, I kind of thought, all right, well, this is a job. (laughs) And that's how I always approached participating on the shows. I never did it because, um, I want to be in the spotlight for me. That has always been uncomfortable. Um, I discovered that when the first episode of Laguna beach aired and people started to recognize me on campus, I was like, Oh shit. Oh, can I say that? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was like, Oh my God, I really don't like it when people are staring at me and when people come up to me, it's, it's really uncomfortable for me. But I think a lot of people who work in entertainment really thrive off of that kind of energy and attention, but I do not. And so my desire or reasoning for participating really shifted at that point. And I realized really early on that it was an opportunity, you know, to make some money and, um, you know, maybe long-term to launch something else off of, uh, you know, the notoriety from it. And so when I was on the Hills, that's when I launched my personal blog, thelowdown.com, like years and years ago at this point. And, you know, I still create some content on it, but my full-time focus really is love wellness. Um, and so that was the first kind of piece of the puzzle that I, um, that I did, you know, from the show. And then eventually I wrote a kind of like a self-help book when I was in my early twenties for women in relationships. And (laughs) I read it, I read it now and I like cringe a little bit, but I was, you know, creating a lot of content that was about, you know, relationships and dating. And so the book did make sense. Um, and from there I decided that I, I really needed to take a break from being in the public eye. So I ended up working for a management production company for about a year or two after the Hills ended. And I, at that point I realized that, you know, corporate life really wasn't for me. And it was at that point that I moved to New York city. And from there, that's kind of when influencing started to, to become a thing to a certain degree. This was in 2012, like I mentioned, and, um, I started a YouTube channel maybe a year later and I just started creating content uh, like content upon content upon content. And that was really my full-time job for a couple of years. And I realized that like I could make a good living doing that. And it was an interesting business. In the meantime, I went to the French Culinary Institute in New York. I've always been like a really passionate cook and I was sort of um, thinking about the idea of maybe having a cooking show, you know, on Food Network or on Cooking Channel. And we got, you know, sort of into the negotiation process with them. And then, you know, the deal fell apart. We didn't end up um, doing the cooking show. And um, I was really heartbroken over it. And it was about that time that my depression and anxiety kind of like kicked into high gear. It's like possible that that sort of moment or that disappointment kind of like flipped the switch for me in a certain way. But, you know, I was still creating a lot of content. I also had this sense, though, that being an influencer, like, we never really know what being an influencer tomorrow is going to look like versus today, right? It's constantly evolving or changing. And I had no idea if people would still be interested in me, you know, five years or 10 years from now. And so 
to me, it was something that is sustainable if you can um, have the right type of brand or the right type of message, but you never really know. And so for me, you know, it was through that um, difficult time with my health that I really switched my focus and knew that I wanted to do something that was much more concrete. And for me, in a lot of ways, it was about personal security, um, you know, just from knowing what I was going to do every, every day to financial security, because in a lot of ways, being an influencer is just like working in entertainment. You never know where your next paycheck is coming from. And I lived like that for years and years and years, even though it caused me a huge amount of stress. And so I think, you know, with starting this company, like, I, I think that was one of the things that I wanted to change for myself. And I was able to address that at least, um, you know what I mean? And so that's sort of like the journey <laughs> for me of starting on TV as a teenager to ending up where I am now. Um, and it's been an interesting ride. Well, and I love that you touched on that because I kind of, um, in a lot of ways, I feel like there are so many parallels to the influencers of today and, um, the entertainment industry, meaning mm-hmm. that a lot of influencers, they never really seek the deeper why or their deeper purpose of what exactly is it that they're influencing. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of it's very surface and, you know, I just, you know, I, I need to fill some kind of like attention void, you know, so I'm just going to yeah. put myself on social media. Um, and they really focus on getting brand deals or, you know, making affiliate income or, you know, being paid to go in, to go to events or, you know, really putting themselves in this position that still at the end of the day, their livelihood and their paycheck is contingent on somebody giving them a paycheck. Yeah. And it, they're not really owning their influence. And what that means to me by owning your influence, you're saying I am having an impact on someone else's life by creating something that I own. And, um, really, and that's why, you know, I love, I love everything that your business stands for, not only from the mission of it, but the fact that you really put your, you empowered yourself to put your influence in your own hands and say, this is what my audience needs. This is what I needed that wasn't there for me when I needed it. So I'm going to create it myself. I'm going to create products and services that I know that women just like me need. And I think that that is that a lot of times can be a missing piece for a lot of influencers out there. that They just think that it's about acquiring things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me personally, as, you know, quote unquote, an influencer, as a business owner, um, I have allowed myself um, to become sustainable because I am running a business and creating content that I truly care about at this point because of my personal experiences, you know, when I was younger and I was influencing, um, I, I think I was doing types of things that I didn't have a ton of interest in, you know, I've always loved beauty and and things like that, but, you know, I was creating content, you know, kind of across lots of categories. I didn't have, you know, a, a very specific focus. And it was when I had this big life changing experience when it came to my own health and well being that I really was able to turn a corner and focus on the things that truly matter to me, which is what you put in and on your body. It's so true. And I love that you mentioned that you mentioned that and really just kind of how you're how you've been able to 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 evolve, you know, and to grow from that original journey of like just kind of doing anything and everything and seeing what sticks sort of thing. Um, you mentioned earlier about 
content um, and just just now about, you know, you you really create content that you're super passionate about. And I had asked you prior to coming on, what are the current techniques or tools that you do use? And you had said to me, you know, what you would advise people to do is to come up with a content calendar that is brand focused and really stick to it. So I would Mm -hmm. love to know how you do this. Um, is it like a monthly thing? Do you have a brainstorming meeting or call? Um, do you have to do some stuff first and then you present it to your team that maybe helps you? How do you really get your team and your audience involved in this content calendar? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, there's two destinations where, you know, me and my team create content on love wellness. We're creating content every week, you know, in written format blog posts. And then we're also creating content on Instagram and on Facebook. And so it's not just blog posts that you have to think about. It's across the board. And, you know, Instagram stories is one of the main places where we are iterating every single day. Um, And so you kind of have to think about all of the platforms and, and how are you talking about all of these things. And so, you know, for Love Wellness specifically, like we have a weekly calendar, quote unquote, where, you know, on Mondays, we're always talking about X. On Tuesdays, we're always talking about why and so on and so forth. And so, you know, weekly, we always know what we're doing on Mondays, um, at least when it comes to social media. And then the blog posts tie in to our focuses um, of the week. And we really try to make it very symbiotic. And so, you know, if you're a consumer of the brand, whether you are on Facebook, on the Love Wellness blog, or on our Instagram, it's all kind of matching up day by day. And I think that that is really important, even though each platform has its own unique organic content. Um, It still all makes sense when you put it all together. And then for the lowdown, to be honest with you, like I have not had a huge amount of time to focus on my personal blog over the past few months, but in the next couple of weeks, we're doing a big relaunch. And so we're in the planning phase of the content calendar for that. And so right now I'm trying to decide, do I need to post two blogs a week to keep the, the, the traction and the traffic there? Do we need to post every single day? Um, and so it's really kind of an experiment for the first couple of weeks. And I think what's really important is that everything that we do is an experiment until we prove that it works or it doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, then we take it out and we fill it with something else. And so the long-term goal is to get on a system where everything that you're pushing every single day works. And you know that because of the data. I love that. And thanks for reminding us the importance of the data, because I love to stress that as well. And I think that it's it's a key to sustainability and growth um, and testing out. So before we wrap this up, I have a couple more questions. I would love to know for someone who is listening today, who maybe they're literally just starting out or they've mm-hmm. been at this for a while and they, they just kind of feel a little stuck. They're like, um, you know, I've I've, I've gained a certain amount of influence, but I'm just really ready to like make it a business and take it to the next level. What would be your Mm -hmm. advice to them? Um, my advice to them would be to really focus in on the parts of themselves that make them the most uncomfortable and see if you can make that your business, to be honest with you. And I know that that might, um, sound sort of weird, but we're living in this day and age where there are innumerable numbers of people who are writing about their lives and their passions. And so it's really hard to break into the space. Um, And so 
you have to create a story or share a story that really is unique, that moves people because maybe they're experiencing the same thing and they don't want to talk about it, but you become a touchstone for them. And so that is what I would recommend. And it doesn't have to be stuff that's, you know, like super personal about your health. Like I know that I launched a women's health business, but you don't have to do that. It can be about your passion for, you know, whatever your secret hobby is. Like, I don't care. And to be frank with you, like the internet doesn't care either. They're just looking for stuff that is new and original. And if you can give them that, bam, you're in business. Mm, So true. And I love that you, that you touched on that because it's, it's so easy to fall in the saturation when you look, think, and feel just like everyone else. Yeah, totally. I mean, are, is there room for more fashion bloggers? Absolutely. But what are you doing that we've never seen before? You know, share, share that part of your story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I completely agree. Um, what does influence mean to you? I could, I could say so many things, right? Um, you know, I think that influence, um, is as big or as small as you want to make it right. It can be a one-to-one connection, or it can be a one-to-a-million-person connection. And for me, influence has always been, in its most genuine form, about sharing your perspective of the world, right? Um, And I think that that's really what it is about, because your perspective can be as individual as your fingerprint, and it's important that you tell that story. Mm, that's a great answer. I love that one. Um, and then before we wrap this up, where can everyone learn more about um, you, of course, find you, follow you, get all the nitty gritties with that. And then of course, your amazing company. Sure. So I am on different social media platforms at Low Bosworth and Love Wellness is lovewellness.co. If you want to check out the website and then our Instagram handle is at lovewellnessco and same on Facebook. Awesome. Well, Lo, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your journey and your wisdom and all of your knowledge when it comes to women's health and wellness and how that vastly impacts our influence on the world. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to see what is to come with the new product launches as we get to this new year. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day, Julie. Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you got to do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.